Uh, first of all, you know, I'm not sure how many people are on this call, but uh, you know, it's really kind of an exciting time for me to watch uh, you know, what's going on in the NBA and certainly uh, what Miami's accomplishments uh, are at this point in time. You know, last night I was watching the game and watching bits and pieces of the game, and I think they were behind by 26, and my wife said, oh, they're going to lose, they're going to lose, and I said, no, they're going to win by 10. And um, when, when you're playing at that level, you do have a different gear. It's almost like the regular season in the playoff. That was almost like a playoff gear last night, particularly the second half. But just going back to the Stone Ages when I played, um, you know, we had a remarkable run, about two and a half months of not losing a game. Um, our games weren't close, to be candid with you. you know, they played some closer, some closer games this year, but our games really weren't close. And uh, I know at the uh, end of our streak, we played a, a very, very good Milwaukee team with two Hall of Famers, Abdul Jabbar and also Oscar Robertson. And we played a game up there on a, a Sunday afternoon that um, that we did not play really well. I think we were up too much for the game. We shot very poorly, and we were a very good scoring team. But you have to give Milwaukee a lot of credit because they had a very good team themselves. But uh, it seemed like the end of the season for us, almost the loss in the playoff. But uh, uh, it was one of those special moments that any athlete who participates in will never, never forget. So having said that, anyone having questions, I'll be more than try to you know, give you my perspective of, of uh, what I see anyway. Gary, uh, this is Ben Bolch from the Los Angeles Times. Uh, I'm wondering where this league ranks when you consider your greatest accomplishments and, and what did it meant less if you did not win the title that season? Well, we did win the title that year. Right, but I'm saying, would it have been meant less if you didn't? Well, you know, as I say, for, for us here in Los Angeles and all the players we played with, I mean, we had nothing but disappointment in the playoffs. I think it was one of those kind of magical years. Uh, it certainly would have uh, would have hurt not to have won, that's for sure. Uh, but it, everything seemed to fall in place. We avoided injuries, which we'd had a lot to our key players here in Los Angeles over the years. And we were able to do that, but uh, as I say, it was just a, an incredible feeling to go to the game, and you might get behind early, and obviously the travel conditions were so different, and my gosh, you had to take the first available flight out the next morning, and some of our travel was maybe more difficult than the games we played, but uh, we had a team to win anyway. I mean, if you looked at scores of those games, they weren't close, and we didn't play a lot, frankly, in the last quarter of a lot of those games, but... Uh, it was just a special time and obviously uh, concluded for the people that I played with and myself uh, a chance to win uh, a championship, which uh, I think many of us didn't think was going to happen. Yeah, Jerry, uh, Dave Hyde of the, of the South Florida Sun Sentinel, you, you're right. You, uh, no team came within five points of you in that uh, 33-game streak. But you, you also talk about the travel. You had a back-to-back-to-back Friday, Saturday, Friday in L.A., Saturday on the road in Phoenix, and Sunday back in L.A. Was that common, or is that is this something? Well, we played a lot of three games in a row, and obviously I think the NBA kind of figured out that uh, once the, this game became much more popular and there was a lot more money in, in it, uh, the scheduling was key to give fans the best chance to see their teams and players play at their highest level. But frankly, I didn't mind three games in a row. I really didn't. Um, to me, you were much more focused. All you had to do was worry about trying to get some rest, which was difficult then, as I mentioned, because we did not fly uh, privately. And 
uh, for us at that point in time, I don't think any of us thought it was anything other than another day at work. But but, uh, it wasn't work. It was fun. And I'm sure the Heat players are are really, really enjoying what's going on. And uh, probably probably the thing they're most tired of uh, right now with so much more media available. And every time I turn on the head, uh, news, I mean, it's on major news stories uh, uh, throughout the country, and that tells you where sports has come, and particularly, uh, particularly uh, the Heat's uh, uh, performance, and, and particularly some of the couple of players they have that I greatly admire. Um, but uh, as I say, it's just a, you know, it's just a, a wonderful place to be. You know, they're going to be held under the microscope. Um, I think, honestly, I think they've got an incredible chance to do it. I really do. And frankly, frankly, you know, people say to me, does it Bobby? Absolutely not. I think it's great for the league, and I'm delighted, obviously, for my friend Pat Riley that he's going to be able, being able to maybe replicate this not only as, as an executive, but as a player. That's pretty special. What area is most impressed you about their team beyond Wade's, uh, beyond James' play, obviously? Well, I, you know, I think they have a team. <clears throat> you know, so much of the NBA has been marketing its stars, and the players have a flamboyant way of playing. And you know, we've got some incredible athletes playing this game. So much, so much of the marketing the NBA has been about, frankly, about players. I, I think it's time we talk about teams. And you know, when I look at the league this year, we've got a number of really good teams. Um, and I'm not talking about individuals. You look, you look how they play together. Uh, you know, Denver. Memphis, um, San Antonio, obviously the Heat. Um, and I don't want to leave anyone out because I'm just mentioning those four teams. But if you watch them play, and particularly three of them, uh, you know, Miami has the biggest star in the game, okay, the best player in the game. And his, uh, you know, having him as a teammate uh, is has to be very special for all the other players. He makes it easy for them. He really makes it easy for them. And he's just, he's just one of those unique players that comes along with Kobe Bryant. And players like that, Abdul-Jabbar, some are truly great, great players that have lived forever. Uh, he's, in, he's in that class, and uh, Michael Jordan's up, obviously. But um, he just makes it so much easier for those guys. He's, he's, a, he's just an amazing player. And frankly, I'm thrilled for him because of all the, the, all the negative things that said about him as a player, and I think he's rightly proved what kind of a player he is, and more importantly, what kind of person he is. Jerry, this is Jerry. Joe McDonald. How are you doing? I'm fine, Joe. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, have you talked to any of your former teammates, like Gail or uh, Pat Riley or any of them, about this streak? Because from the comments I've read, everybody has been unbelievably gracious about the fact that the Heat might break, you know, what was considered a sacred record. You know, and the Dolphins, when they set their record, they've been pretty bitter and vocal about it whenever anybody came close. Um, what have your other teammates had to say if you've talked to them at all? Well, Joe, you know something? We really don't communicate. You know, it's so much more easy for, for players today to communicate than we have in the past. I mean, frankly, I don't even know somewhere my ex-teammates are, to be honest with you. But, uh, I, I mean... My goodness, I think it's great for the league. It does not. If they would break it, you know, my gosh, I think it would be a wonderful story. I have no problem with that. You know, people are looking, um, they look around, and and they look in past, and there's some records there that don't look like that they could be approached. Um, I I think the way Miami has won a bunch of close games, and, you know, I I read 
a comment that somebody said, well, you know, it's, the league is so much better than it was then. It could be the case, but I see some very poor teams out there. And, and I, I know what it's like when you have a poor team and, and uh, you're watching them play every night. It's a hopeless feeling. If some one of those teams could come out there and win against a team that's had this much prominence uh, uh, and much positive written about, it would make their seasons be candid with you. But I look at their schedule, and I say to myself, my gosh, uh, you look at that schedule, and you think to yourself, I don't know who, unless they just have a horrible, horrible shooting night, I just don't think those teams are capable of coming close to them. Jerry, does the travel situation help in a situation like that? Because you guys had to go two calendar months without losing. Or you didn't have to, but you did. And you flipped commercial. You were going through the airport with everybody else. Now it's charter flights. People are carrying your bags and everything else. Does that, just a little bit of things like that, do they help when teams are doing trying to do something for a longevity-type record? Well, Joe, you know, that's been in place for so many years now, the private travel and, and everyone, you know, taking care of your luggage and everything else. It's almost like a, it's almost like some rich uh, rich person going in town who have all the arrangements. That they get on the plane, they have their own seats, they have their own buddies, and have their own food. Yeah, I mean, it's just a different era, and it certainly makes it a lot easier for players. I, you know, I laugh like, Crazy when I hear writers talk. All oh, these guys are tired. These guys are tired. You you can't be tired if you're twenty. You know, if you're twenty in your twenties and early thirties, you don't get tired. And I think that to me, it's an excuse when I hear people take. Well, this is a back-to-back game. They ought to try playing three or four nights in a row. And uh, with the travel, I, I just think that um, you know, as I say, of all the things that's a real plus for athletes today, traveling after a game. When you're not ready to go to sleep anyway, uh, and getting to a hotel at two o'clock in the morning, that's probably the time you're going to go to sleep anyway, because you just you know you're replaying the game, so much energy running through your body. So I think it makes it a, a tremendous advantage to be able to do that. Jerry, this Jerry, could you could you give a, give a story of Pat Riley, something that from that team that era that, that you remember, something to just sort of say who he was at that time in his life? Yeah, yeah. After you know, as I say, I was getting along in my career, and this, I certainly wasn't a hype in my career. But frankly, maybe one of the best seasons I ever had in total, because Bill Sharman had talked to me about you know before the season started. He said he wanted me. He said lead the league in assists. Well. I did lead the league in assists, but I had players around me that were capable of scoring. But I also averaged almost 26 a game, which I didn't think I was capable of at that time. But that's what, what you get from playing with the team. People feed off of each other. But I do want to remember one thing about Pat. Pat, you know, he's tenacious. And, and in practice, when we practice, I used to tell him all the time, I said, go beat the hell out of Goodrich. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs>
my first question is, who would you rather have as a as your backup, Pat Riley or Ray Allen? Well, they're both uh, they're both completely different guys. Ray Ray's a shooter and have been a great pro for so many years, and and uh, you know he has an adds an element to their game. I don't know Ray personally uh, at all. I knew Pat personally, and so I would have to take Pat because of, because we were such terrific friends and did a lot of things together that uh, I always remember. But uh, as I say, Ray is not Pat, and Pat certainly not Ray. And, and also, I, I, you ask so many people, and they say it's so difficult to compare teams from eras, but how do you think you would, that team would stack up against the Heat team? You know what? I, I, everyone says, well, you know, players from that era are so different. Well, I see a lot of players in the league today that I don't think are very good. And I think it, 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 expansion has diluted the talent. It hasn't made talent better. So it's harder to get a lot of good players on one team today. And, and again, this is where you have to give Pat and the Heat organization credit. Uh, you know, they went out there and they got, they had one of the one of their one of the great players in the game, and Dwayne Wade, who who's tremendous in his own right, and I think obviously a Hall of Fame player. But they go out there and add the crowning jewel, which was which was LeBron. Um, so in you know in building teams and everything, uh, you have to be lucky, and so they have assembled three or three players that most teams don't have today, but two of them, two of them are all pro players on one team. You don't have that very often. You just don't have it very often. And when I look at, when I look at them and compare them, you know, our strength was in our backcourt in terms of scoring. But we had the best rebounding in the team in the league. We had the best shot-blocking team. But, again, as I say, I see players today that, that uh, are wonderfully gifted, but I you know, it would not have bothered me to play against a lot of these players I see. Some of them I just re- remarkable ability and remarkable players and remarkable competitors. But there's an awful lot of them I, I see playing that, um, that, as I say, I think the, the teams, the league reflects. Um, it's not a balanced league, particularly in the East. There are better teams in the West. <clears throat> there are some poor teams out here also. Jerry, who would have been Miami's answer to Wilt down low? No one. Jerry, uh, Jim McMillan said after the streak was over that the only pressure came as you approached and beat Milwaukee's record streak at that time of 20 games, and after that you didn't really think about it. Was that the case for you, or do you think maybe he was just kind of saying that? Well, you know, I'm not really sure. For me, as I say, it got to the point where you'd go to games, and if you didn't win by 15, you were disappointed. Excuse me one second. And uh, you know, for us, it was just—it was like a—it was almost like a picnic. Um, we go to places, you know, and particularly as the street got bigger, place would be jam-packed, and, and you know, obviously rooting against you. But it got to the point where I thought we played better on the road than we did at home. Everyone wanted to play on the road, and as, as I mentioned, our games weren't close. They really weren't close, and uh, um, it was just a unique sense of time for all of us. I don't think that I ever felt that, uh, that you, going out there that you had to uh, uh, not – I didn't even think about it. I'll be honest with you. After a point in time, I didn't think about it. But the one game, the one game we played uh, in Atlanta and we uh, went 33, and we, they had a very good team, and they were very physical, and we killed them. And we go to Milwaukee, and obviously uh, it was one of the – 
few games you would see on national TV. Frankly, I think we were up too much for the game, to be honest with you, because we knew we were playing a great opponent, and we did not shoot the ball well, and they kicked our fannies that, that, that day. And I think all of us went in the locker room and felt like we lost your best friend. Jerry, it's Howard back. How are you? Jerry, is Howard Beck, can you hear me? Oh, yeah. I can hear a dog, too. <laughs> not mine, not mine. Um, I, I'm wondering, a lot of people have, have, have tried to figure out, you know, how and when this streak for Miami might end and whether it's going to be because of the strength of a particular opponent or just their own fatigue. I know you kind of waved off the fatigue uh, idea a few minutes ago, but is it ultimately going to be Miami's own failing just a night when they're not focused, a night that, that someone's tired, doesn't have their best game, or is there um, is there a opponent that's that's going to that's going to finish this, this this thing off? Like, where, how does it end? Who ends? Well, it? it may not end. It may not end. That's why I think it's so remarkable. I look at the schedule, and I see one team on there that's a terrific team, and obviously that's the Spurs. And I don't know what game that would be, but uh, uh, that that. That would be a game that I would be concerned about, certainly, in playing in San Antonio, and they're going to have Tony Parker back by then. But uh, I just think, as I say, some nights you can go out there and you can't make a shot. I don't care. It might be all of you, and it becomes contagious. But I think the one thing that they've got for them is defensively. You know, they, they, they can really get after you because of the ability of Wade and, and uh, particularly LeBron. They're ball hawks, and when they turn, when you turn the ball over, it's going to be a layup. It's not going to be a jump shot. It's going to be a layup. And those two guys in particular, if they're in the open court, you can forget it. They're going to score or get to the free throw line. And I just think it's going to take a combination of a team that's shooting the ball well that also has the capability to defend uh, to beat them. And um, obviously a poor shooting night in Miami's part. But I, I just honestly – uh, I haven't looked at all their schedule, but I see the, these games coming up, and there's going to be more and more focus on the games. I think it makes the players focus more on on trying to achieve a record that uh, uh, that everyone said couldn't be broken. Um, I think they've got a great chance to do it myself. Hey, Jerry, Mike Presnahan with the L.A. Times. Obviously, you still watch the Lakers. Looks like they're going to get into the playoffs. Got to ask you, can they do any damage in the first round against a team like an Oklahoma City or, or a San Antonio? Well, I definitely think they can. I wouldn't want to play them. I know that. Uh, to, you know, to me, when, when you watch in the West, okay, um, <clears throat> matchups are really important. I think if, if the Lakers would have their preference, <clears throat> They probably wouldn't want to play Denver. I don't think anyone would want to play them. And because <clears throat> Denver has proven they can win on the road and they just don't lose at home. Uh, that would be a tough matchup for them. I think Memphis, they're like a bunch of, of pack rats down there. I mean, pack dogs down there. They're defensively, they are really good. And to me, they've got the most underrated player in the league on their team in Marcus Gasol. This guy is really a good player. Um but I think they they would have a chance against anyone. If you watch Oklahoma City, uh, to me, they don't look like they're the same team, and I think they're terrific. But, you know, they they lose a great player in James Harden, and that's going to happen to a lot of teams today. And can they make up for the loss of him? I'm not sure. Jerry, in the NBA Finals matchup, which, which Western team do you think would be the toughest matchup for Miami? Oh, my gosh. You know, I don't know. I really don't know, but you know Miami's got to get through the East. But uh, 
obviously, you know, they've had great success. And, and uh, you know, playing the way they are right now, I think, is really, really good because I think they're going to be playing at a real high level going into playoff. And if you, if you watch the better teams today, you see them starting to really grind down teams. And when you... When you're in that kind of a mode, <clears throat> when you're in that kind of mode, the, the focus is terrific. You know, a coach can walk in the locker room, and you know he can. I don't know what all coaches say in the locker room, but when you have veteran players and players have been around, the coach doesn't have to really say anything. These 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 guys are just going to compete, and and with the leader they have down there, it's just the competitive level is going to be uh, it's going to be in that locker room every darn night. Jerry, no within within uh, you know Houston came within eleven of this streak, which it still had a third to go, and it's been forty years now. Did you consider this streak, if whenever if you did consider it, untouchable? No, I never I never felt that way. Um, you know, I think this is what makes sports so intriguing. You know, there's a number out there, a DiMaggio fifty six game hitting streak. Will anyone ever do that? Um, you know, football, the Dolphins, uh, undefeated. Um, a lot of people don't think those things are possible. Well, they are possible. And I think, uh, particularly in basketball, I think if you get a real unique team, and Miami has a unique team, they've got you know, great three-point shooting, and they're never out of a game because of that. And then they've got the best player in the game uh, who does all the little things uh, that I'm sure any coach would like to coach him because he just does so much. But I never thought this streak was, uh, not um, would live forever. No, um, not in today's not in today's game. But again, because Miami has had the ability to go out and get all these guys to come down there, and Pat has done a great job of bringing in uh, very solid role players for their team. So it's helped their team tremendously, and they've added pieces every year, which have allowed them to be deeper and shoot the ball better. And uh, I just I just think it's a streak that. I think it could very easily be broken this year. I, I, I really do believe that. Jerry, Jerry uh, Price has had the success that he had and has had as an executive. I mean, at one point in his life, he was going to be happy to be Chick Hearn's uh, color man doing basketball broadcasts. And, you know, he's probably the best executive in the game. That's well, as I say, you know, Pat, <clears throat> Pat's always been an enormously hard worker. He's a student of the game. Um, and the thing, the thing that I do, uh, I, you know, I, I do when I look at, look back, and, and obviously when you, I think some of us, when you get a little bit older, you just remember some of the fun things you've done together as a team. Uh, and when he was, he was always such a hard worker. <clears throat> and as I mentioned earlier, I didn't want him guarding me in practice. I really didn't. I mean, he would just, I mean, he was, it was not fun because he, you know, he wanted to play, and he had all this energy, but he still has great energy uh, for the game. And he has a mind that uh, allows him to maybe see things a little bit differently. But uh, for everyone, if you have great players, okay, it's easier to pick up pieces today than it ever has been before that can play a role. But he's just done a fantastic job, and uh, the whole organization, and, and uh, I'm delighted for him. Jerry, I uh, hope you can indulge me on another Lakers question, if you don't mind, uh, with, with Shaq's upcoming uh, jersey retirement. Uh, when you look at the legacy of centers the Lakers have uh, had from, from Mike and to Wilt to Kareem to Shaq and now Dwight Howard, 
Is there anything comparable in NBA history and, and to what do you attribute the Lakers being able to put together that kind of string of centers throughout their history? Well, obviously uh, it takes really good fortune. Uh, you know, everyone always, when things are going great, everyone always praises you about how how smart you are and how good you are. It takes a tremendous amount of good fortune to be able to build a team uh, and to acquire players like that. This game has changed, changing greatly because we don't have, uh, you know, we don't have as many really good big men as we've had before. Um, as I mentioned, you look at the teams; they have changed. It's the, the players that are six, you know, six five to six six nine are also versatile. We really don't have a lot of conventional centers today, and Shaquille O'Neal, frankly, was probably the last of those. But he was, you know, he was in a he was just one of those unbelievable players, and I couldn't be more thrilled. He was one of my favorite Laker players of all time. He's just a great guy, and um, you know, thankful for us. He <clears throat> he chose us instead of going back to Orlando. And I know for all of us in Los Angeles, we knew what we were going to get, and uh, we got a lot as a player, we got a lot as a personality, and we won a few championships with him, which was always the, uh, I guess, the icing on the cake. Jerry, you're, you're, this streak, where does the U.S. this earlier, and, and I don't know if you, what your thought was, where does this rank in your career as far as uh, things that you've accomplished? To me? Yeah. Me personally? <clears throat> well, you know, you, you have a lot of personal accomplishments. They don't, frankly, they're, they're, to me, they're almost meaningless sometimes because uh, at the end of the day, the only thing that really matters <clears throat> is, is to win. Um, frankly, I've never looked at myself. I don't go back and reflect on my career at all, not at all. Uh, I don't, I've never tried to say that, you know, I was a better player than this guy or that guy. I don't embellish anything that happened to me in my career. I was just fortunate enough to be able to live my dreams. And uh, I know winning uh, was the only thing I cared about. Uh, it's a thing that drove me, and I'm sure it drives many players today. But... Um, it was, that, that, that's a moment for a team. That's a moment for 